everybody. Welcome to Reporting is Eligible, where Matt is drinking a Missouri bottle of bourbon <laughs> and has eaten eight pounds of shrimp. Uh, and uh, JR, the lead in music was for you, so I hope you're listening. Um, uh, we, we just finished beating the Cincinnati Bengals handily in preseason, so it doesn't matter, but it was fun. And uh, we played the New England Patriots, which will also be fun um, next week. Next Saturday night, we have a night game. Uh, so I already I broke tradition by already introducing Matt, kind of. So why don't you introduce yourself first before we get to our special I guest. guess with, with, with JR not here, it, like it, it should be me, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, so, by the way, the, the bourbon I'm drinking is called Ben Holiday. It's uh, from... <laughs> It's a it's a bottled in bond, and it is the poor man's uh, Colonel E. H. Taylor. If if you're a bourbon person, this these two, this this is a bottle you can get anywhere. It's between fifty and sixty bucks, and it goes toe to toe with E. H. Taylor, which you can't find. So I'm going to regret asking this. I already know it. Um, Go ahead. What does bottled in bond mean? It follows the bottled in bond act. Essentially, it is. Um, in the way that kosher is is certified by like, rabbis. So, like, if a beer is following the Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like kosher for bourbon, but instead of a religious thing, it's a government thing. Um, it has to be aged at least four years. It has to be um, bottled at at least a hundred proof. Um, then there's a couple other things with in terms of like batching, and it has to come from the same Rick House, I believe. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, essentially if you ever see a small distillery that you have been unimpressed with, and then they release something that's bottled in bond, <laughs> Yep, try it. Okay, it's gonna, gotcha. It's probably, it's probably better. All right, and making his triumphant return <laughs> to the podcast, uh, we have... I'm Tyler Brook, and I wrote a book. Yeah. Uh, it's, good to, it's good to see you guys. It's been a minute. A lot has happened. Uh, I turned 30, which was interesting. <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, I started a new job. <laughs> yeah. I'm no longer a linebacker's coach. I'm a wide receiver's coach, which oh, has my. been a nice change. Um, and it's week one for us. So yeah. a lot going on right now. Sweet. Uh, why don't you tell everybody about your new job real quick up front so that people at the front of the podcast hear it? Wow. I appreciate that. Wow. Front of the podcast plug. Uh, I've started as editorial director at FanBuzz, which is owned by Publishers Clearinghouse. No, I do not get paid out in giant checks. I've been asked that a lot. Uh, but uh, it's been a great opportunity just kind of building a site kind of from bare bones to try and filling out the staff. Um, we've hired Matt Lombardo, uh, who is an NFL insider, to do some work with us. Uh, and super nice guy. Uh, had a few other hires. Um, but it's been a really uh, good opportunity. Learned a lot. Uh, I've learned a lot about NASCAR and softball, <laughs> um, which are two of our okay. main drivers of content. Um but really working on filling out college football and NFL content, which has been uh, an awesome opportunity. A uh, lot of weird hours working that in the mornings and then coaching in the evenings. Um, so I've basically been working since uh, 7.30, 8.00 this morning uh, until right now. But this is how I unwind is more football talk. Woo. <laughs> nice. And me too. Um, so <laughs> we uh, we had uh, – I, I am – pretty optimistic about that game and uh did you guys yeah. get a chance to to watch at least the replay of it um, um I, w- I watched the all highlights. 22 i watched the all 22 cut-ups by the sickos on twitter and nice. in our slack chat that works and, and i watched the condensed highlights on youtube condensed highlights are always great and a good way to get through anything oh, i also got in a little bit of a kerfuffle with packers legend jt o'sullivan over his breakdown of Jordan Love, but we're, we're going to talk about that play. Yeah. You're talking about the the Dylan play, right? No, the um the third and seven missed uh 
mid crosser to, to um, Nuke Musgrave, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I, and, I, I call it the Dylan play for the reason that I assume you brought it up, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that one. That's on. That's on here. I think it's on here. It's going to be on here, even if it's not on here. Um, but let, let's let's start with with Jordan because I think he's a little bit of a tough scout in this game because I think he, uh, if you're scouting the stat sheet, did not look very good. Uh, Four point six yards passed. Um, but I think he was actually pretty good. It's just that he missed like his best possible play of the game, and then a couple others where he did actually some impressive things, but got kind of unlucky. So um, I, I don't know, like Tyler. Any general impressions of how Jordan played? I thought he played well. Um, I think my biggest beef is kind of what we're going to talk about. It feels like he might throw it and try uh, try and throw with too much velocity on throws, which is going to hurt his accuracy. Um, and that being said, he did know, hey, I need to put touch on it when he threw this touchdown to Romeo Dobbs, which is outstanding. I think it's just getting a feel of when do I have to rifle it in versus, hey, that guy's open by like 20 yards. Maybe I can just kind of throw <laughs> it over there instead of trying to throw an inaccurate laser. Yep, he he loves his big arm. He's got some Favre in him that way, and uh, th- that was a problem on the deep ball, which also not one of Favre's better traits. Actually, he was good at throwing the ball straight and hard to people, but uh, the bombs didn't always hit. Uh, so I, I right, because he could throw forty-five yard darts, he but could. he didn't he didn't need to throw bombs. That is absolutely true, um, but like the 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 deep were all the misses to Musgrave. I think they were. <laughs> um, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. So the bomb, I think, was his worst throw, and that's no, oh, no. The the he had missed uh, the bomb to Watson. That's right. He did miss a bomb to Watson that probably should have been a touchdown, but there should have been a lot of touchdowns there. Um, and that's where he's kind of overgunning it, and and that's you know whatever something you work on. But also bombs are hard to complete. You know that takes chemistry and timing in your first preseason game. You know, with live coverage there, if that's a little rusty, that's fine. I'd actually rather see him be better on the short throws and the touch throws than on the bombs. Because, you know, bombs are part receiver, part quarterback. Uh, The further you throw it on the field like that, the more, you know, you can be helped out by people. And it's okay missing those. Not a huge deal. I thought he looked good generally. So, also, some people were arguing about the uh, choice of making that throw when you had a uh, crosser coming open. Yeah, I saw that too. (laughs) Yeah, the end zone angle makes it look real bad. It does. Oh, geez. Uh, it's, however, that brings me flashbacks. It's Rodgers esque. Yeah, it's it, yeah. Is, it is definitely however, the, the Rodgers, um, our fullback play. Absolutely. Okay. So, however, as as much as I would bag on Rodgers for this, I would also, um, how can I put it? I would also agree with the choice. So he hit the top of his drop and saw his speedster in single coverage hip to hip with a DB and a single high safety in the middle of the field. And I think any quarterback is going to take that nine times out of 10. Yep. I agree. So it's yeah, also I, preseason I, and you're working yeah. on stuff, you know? Um, yep. yeah, so I'm not mad about it. Also the safety made a hell of a play. That was, that was a nice play by the safety. That was, getting over the top that was Dax, it. right? Dax the Hill. Yep. Dax the Hill. He's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I, um, yeah, we can talk all we want about love, but did you see Justin Fields? I mean, three for three for 123 <laughs> yards so, and two touchdowns. Um, uh, so he's the Hall of Famer. I will I will go to bat a little bit for Justin Fields on this. Uh, and I, it's kind of the same thing with, with love, where love's stats, I think, tell uh, the, the incorrect story. And Fields also tell the incorrect story. Feel, not that much was asked of Fields. And uh, two two of his three short passes were pretty good passes. He did have one that he got bailed out on by the receiver. Um, 
But if you're looking at this from the perspective of the Bears actually winning games versus Fields being Joe Montana, um, it makes the Bears look quite a bit scarier, and the upgrades they made at receiver look much more dangerous. And, and Justin Fields doesn't actually have to beat you by hitting darts way down the field. He can hit short passes, rely on yak, and then he can run for eight yards a carry. That's that's the makings of a pretty good offense with halfway decent play calling. So I like I think it actually made the Bears look a lot scarier. And I know people have been making fun of his air yards as they as they should and will. Um, but like if he's going to play within himself like that. That's not a bad way to go about it if you're the Bears. That's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the thing that people should be bringing up that they aren't because you know that they didn't actually watch the Packer game was uh, Love <laughs> royally screwed up a screen that was going to go for like a million yards. I didn't actually see this play, so you should talk oh, about it. Um, Love threw a screen that gets that got batted down. Oh, I and, I must have skipped right over that. Yeah, I and I don't remember it happening at all. So it's in in the aforementioned JT O'Sullivan breakdown. Um, he goes over why he believes that the screen getting batted is Love's fault, and he could have made a better play on it. Um, and he's like, and the real gut is you just see all this green grass in front, and I'm like, man. So yeah, that's the play that that would make a good, um, be like, well, Justin Fields through a screen and Jordan Love did not. Fair enough. Yes. But no, they didn't actually watch the Packer game and they're just going off of box scores. Um yeah. I love bo- I love box score evaluations. It's the only way I do anything. It's the best why even watch film. It's it's you know what? I don't even like passer rating. QBR. That's Q- yeah. QBR is is king. Screw tape. All <laughs> All that. That's how I evaluate my players. I just, I just look like, at, well, you had this many catches today. So. I just look at the number of touchdown passes. I don't even look at anything yeah. else. Perfect. That's it. Oh, man. Do you remember that year that Jameis Winston went 30 for 30? Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I think it was, I saw Eager today tweet that the, the, the most interceptions in the league last year was 15. <laughs> like, Winston's incredible, man. That season should, we, we should have like 30 for 30s about that season. We should literally have a 30 for 30 called 30 and 30. <laughs> They said, be prepared. And what did he say? Oh, yeah. He just said to be prepared. Yep. Just my favorite Winston quote. Be prepared. No, my, my favorite Winston quote is when he bit his hand and goes, that's a W. Let's eat one. Heck, yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we move to non-quarterbacks, did you guys have any opinions of Sean Clifford? Because uh, just to kick things off, I saw a lot of overwhelming praise of Sean Clifford. And yeah. I thought, I get it, but I also think he kind of sucked. Because all those good plays that he made, I think... Uh, will not work against first team defenses because yes. that is a that is a thirty arm we got out there that is mm-hmm. uh, not going to cut it. So um, is that a, was that a baseball term that you just is this a baseball podcast now? Oh yeah, got to make Danny we, happy here. So we have promised um, that we are at least seventeen percent baseball. For those not familiar with the twenty eighty scale, it's it's a logarithmic scale where. Uh, it's like a bell curve. If you're if you're in the 40s and 50s, that's where most people are. And most NFL quarterbacks have like 45, 50 arms. Uh, if you are in the like Josh Allen has an 80 arm, he's like the only one. And then a bunch of them have 70s, like like three or four of them. That's how it works. And you'll also see not too many quarterbacks with 20s in baseball. I've only seen one ever 20 arm. That was Chris Davis, who could hit a baseball the hardest of any person ever in the history of baseball, but couldn't throw the ball to the infield on a fly. Uh, just truly incredible feats. And so if you got a 30, you're not an NFL quarterback, and Sean Clifford's got himself a 30. That is not a good arm, um, but he's got the brain of somebody with a 50. So 
Um, that's going to always <laughs> cause you some trouble. And uh, my comp for that is Scott Tolzien. If everybody remembers the Wisconsin product who played for the Packers during one of the Rodgers injury fests when Matt Flynn ba- bailed them out eventually, he's kind of like that, where he his brain is like working pretty quickly. That's why he was so good for Wisconsin. But his arm was also he, – he actually might have had like a 25. It was real bad and uh, just couldn't stop himself from throwing interceptions. Just see a guy so, wide open and – Huck it down the field, and then an NFL safety runs over and just grabs it easily. <laughs> I, b- I believe I have a better comp no, than please, Scotty Tolzien. I'm going to go Joey Donut Callahan. I thought Joe Callahan's arm was pretty good. Is it not? I never it gave was, it that much thought. It, he, he probably he probably had a replacement level arm, but Joe Callahan had a very Favre-esque, like, I bet I can fit it in that window. But then he also relied on his wheels, which were like, Pretty sure he he was like a four seven guy. <laughs> like, I I'm looking up who the, I'm trying to remember this guy and it's jogging my memory. But he played for a D three Delaware school. Yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that's impressive. Joe Callahan, Broadway shout Joe out Callahan. Guy. Yeah, you guys don't remember Joey Donut? I do. He was bad. he played games for. He us. played in one one <laughs> game, right? At least one. Yeah. People people liked Joe Callahan like they like backups that aren't actually any good. Um, Man, Joe Callahan's 2016 is great. So uh, Packers, Saints, Browns, back to the Packers. <laughs> so I will say he this. had seven career passes. That's kind of cool. <laughs> there was a good offseason article in The Athletic, I forget who wrote it, that focused uh, a lot on Brock Purdy and some other guys in the last draft, like Jake Hayner, about how like driveline concepts are getting into quarterback development to increase arm strength and pass speed and pass accuracy. And uh, I, I do, I will say this for Clifford, like he made correct reads pretty frequently, uh, just that his body wasn't up to it. He might benefit from some time time in the cages with some cameras and some weighted balls. Like if you can if you can put a couple more miles an hour on there, maybe you got something. But no, you do, you don't right now. People should not fall in love with Sean Clifford. Please do not do that. It will end poorly for you. Okay. Well, I mean, did Christian Yelich do drive time to get his his velo up? I or do you think that his 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 ma- his there. I was gonna say his magical his magical ninety two mile an hour. That one throw that he had out of nowhere. Do you think that that was just misread by Statcast? I think it was misread by Statcast. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's not a real thing. So, not in you know. Sorry, I'm getting away from baseball. I know this is a baseball podcast. <laughs> How dare you? Um, we're done now. Clifford, I watched the film again from Penn State. If we when we back when I did that YouTube channel briefly, which was fun. Um, it's brain and athleticism. That's really all you're going to get. And I don't know how far this is going to take you, yep. but. Yep, that's all I got. That's it. That is a hundred percent correct. Uh, See, and that's that's why I prefer um, Magoo because he's athleticism and arm with less brain, but he can run a college offense, and that's what I want in a backup. I guess I want, I want six plays that you're real good at that will get you to the end of the game. I still don't know who Magoo is. I know he's a quarterback on the Packers roster. I don't know who he is. He's 28 years old. He what? Is, he's the reigning USFL. Um, he's the, he's the reigning USFL uh, MVP and champion, um, and threw bombs to Jay Sternberger all year. Mm. That's a little fun fact. Yeah, still don't like him though. <laughs> all right, let's talk about receivers because they were all good. <laughs> Woo! All right, so I, does it, nobody has any worries about Christian Watson, right? We just who cares? Um, Is he actually that fast? Many people are asking. <laughs> 
<laughs> how how high is his ceiling? Uh, his ceiling is as high as he can jump, which is the highest ceiling I can imagine. Uh. <laughs> Paul, were you privy to that day on the Twitter.com? Uh, no. Um, a Packer fan. I was. When... It, I know. Okay. Yes, I was. Yeah, I, yes. I got. I got in a big fight over that. Yes, uh, the Justin Jefferson comp, right? Yes. Yeah. He said. That, he said that Watson had a higher ceiling than Jefferson. Jefferson, arguably, at worst second or third best receiver in the league right now. Yes, has never uh, finished lower than second in DVOA in any of his three <laughs> seasons. Not once. What are once you was doing? To, once was to, the one time he finished second was to Cooper Cup's like greatest receiver season ever with 17 games. So Oh the, um, the triple crown, yeah. Yes. Uh, I have a question. What's wrong with just saying that both guys are good That's football what players? you should do. You don't need to do that. Like <laughs> or just say his ceiling is very high. You know, yeah. like that's that you don't also they're they're two very different receivers. Yes. They're very different receivers. It's a bad comp. And like it Justin Jefferson's already at the ceiling. Like he's not gonna get better. He's as good as you can be at receiver. <laughs> I, I think personally think my personal upside is Paul Noonan, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody have an opinion on Romeo? Because he's one where I think the stats are a little better than he was. But uh, I'm happy to be told wrong. I'm a little biased against him at the moment. His so. his his play speed appears to be where we all thought it was going to be. But he's not separating at the top of his routes like you would hope he would. That's what got me. Yeah, he was uh, t- too many too many contested catches, which he was good at. But I mean, that's the thing is is Rodgers would never throw contested catches to people not named Jordy Nelson or Devonte Adams <laughs> true also or Randall Cobb apparently thrown to a double covered Randall Cobb but that neither here nor there um yeah so maybe Lovell throw the 50 50 balls at Dobbs who appears to be catching them that that man that touchdown though that was she purdy it was a nice play it was a good play yeah kudos to him I just want to see more separation and uh Use just how they use him, honestly, and how they utilize him. I'm not sure if it was completely effective last year, and I know you know injury probably set him back quite a bit in rookie development. Yeah. Um. So you know, there's hope there. The problem is that like there's a lot of guys behind him on the depth chart that are going to be breathing down his neck if he doesn't perform right away, <laughs> which is a great problem to have. It is. There's actually quite a few exciting names on here. Um. I have a question because the only thing that stood out to me from the receivers, like really, was. There's a Malik guy that was kind of awesome. Malik um, Taylor? I Heath? It was like, no, I believe it's a different Malik. We got a different Malik. Okay. Is it Malik Heath? Is that Malik, his name? Malik Heath, yes. That guy was kind of kind of uh, a badass, especially blocking, which, again, you know me. <laughs> also, you would be surprised. You won't be surprised to know as wide receivers coach of a huge stickler for blocking. So, so Heath is um, in in the way that uh, – yes. Uh, in the way that Bisaccia is allowed to own all of the safeties for special teams purposes, um, <laughs> Heath to me is a Lafleur UDFA signing. Oh yeah, he's, he's a he's a big boy. He's every bit of I don't know. He's like what six three, six two something, like like two fifteen. He's fairly fast. He's he's like he's supposed to be like the Lazard, right? Like that's his like too small to be a tight end, but blocks his ass off. This is the old Miss kid too. I didn't even make that connection. Oh, this I was is just that guy. It. Yeah, he was yeah. pretty good. He he uh 
he, he put up pretty good numbers. He didn't have a great combine, um, and and I think fell a little bit for it. I forgot about him. I was what? Who's the other old Miss guy? Uh, uh, Mingo, right? He was Mingo's Mingo, team. Mingo, who I really yeah. liked. Yeah. I really liked Mingo. Yeah, he he always popped on Mingo tape. So yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Um, Heath, according to the NFL, has tiny hands. Uh, yeah. Nine, well, nine don't need those to block, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like that's for, like hand measurement is like a thing that people really care about in the NFL. I have to say this every year. Um, according to this pre-draft measurement, I have bigger hands than Malik Heath. Yeah, all five foot nine of me in my size medium gloves have bigger hands than an NFL wide receiver. Okay, I've got Kenny Pickett hands, so I can't really talk. <laughs> he has a weird raz. Um, it uh, does not make sense. He uh, four six four forty, but pretty good ten yard splits. I think it looks like he just gets tired after thirty yards. So um, that was my wide receiver take. I like Malik Heath. I'm very interested in him. Okay. Um, I think he did a. I think he did it, uh, and us tenth faster at his pro day. It's like a four five and change. Hopefully, maybe so. that. But yeah, he had a weird. Yeah, he had a weird rasp. But he's a big dude, and he and he blocks like it. I'm just surprised that he's as strong as he is when he only has twelve on the bench. Mm. Yeah, that is weird, unusual. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, I mean he has pretty long arms. They're not. Like huge, he's thirty-two and a half inch arms, but the I guess arm length has something to do with bench. All right, well, also, I want to talk about Samari Toure. Samari, um, of course you that's do. That's Toure because <laughs> he's my guy, and uh, he did have one mistake on kickoff return, but uh, generally speaking, was a big play threat and was a big play threat on family nights. Uh, ran Chris Sprouts, caught everything thrown to him. Uh, he he was. He was good. Um, I believe he was their highest-rated receiver who got any work. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying your your victory lap on this because you've like literally been saying it since the moment that he since signed. Before he was drafted, he was one of yeah. my underrated receivers. So was it? Did he play for Nebraska? Yes, he played for Nebraska. I wanted. Yeah. I actually said that we should sign multiple players from that Nebraska team, and we did. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. It's almost like one of the Packers analytics guys follows me on Twitter. It is almost like that. <laughs> Man, we've ch- we're checking all the boxes. We, now we got to say Andy Schaff. Um, I think actually, I think that's it. I think that's yep. the last. Oh, uh, regression to the mean. Yeah. Drink. So Samari Drink. was not their highest graded receiver, but it's because he got dinged for his run blocking, which you know that's important on this team. Um, he's a little guy. Yeah, he's a little guy. So he's actually not that little. He's six one, so he's not like a true small. Uh, yeah, but I thought he was like a like a skinny six one. He is a skinny six one. He shouldn't. Blocking is not going to be his strength. That is that is definitely the case. <laughs> but also exciting is Dontavian Wicks, who uh, was the only guy graded higher than Samori Toure. And uh, I like a lot, was on my underrated, um, because two years ago in his second to last year in college, uh, he was the fifth best receiver in, in, the dra- in the class, not in the draft. He wasn't in the draft. And then uh, just tragedy befell that school and it entirely went to crap and not his fault so i think they got a real steal with him he has a good raz he was incredibly productive in college he has the longest arms in the world and uh (laughs) he was outstanding in this game he made a a ton of big plays and looked like an i I think advanced pro um for you know for finally getting on the field in game action i think my favorite part of the offseason was just all the draft podcasts and two guys I specifically mentioned. I was like, I don't know if these guys are Packers types, but I'd bang the table for Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me so happy that they're both Packers. You and your Jaden um, Reed, yes. 
Yes, I refuse to give up on that. He take. looks good. Yeah. You're going to be right about yeah. that take. You're, you're going to win that take. Um, he uh, he didn't play great, but you can see why they like him. Um, he is very very dangerous when he catches the ball. When he <laughs> what? With the, with Paul with the Minnesota nice compliment. That, how was that Minnesota nice? He is good when, when he catches the ball. He didn't have a good game. When he, had a, you know, when he catches the ball. No, that's the thing. It's like you've, you've dinged him on his hands many, many times. He'll be so fine like, as a slot receiver. As a true slot, it, like hands aren't going to be a problem for him. It, what blows me away for a slot receiver is just his jump ball ability because mm-hmm. he's not the biggest guy, but he's just so damn aggressive high pointing the ball. Yep. Uh, and yeah, because he had away. four years of his middle school friend just hucking it up to him. <laughs> he did. It's good. Yeah, he's not good. He was he good. Is not good. Oh, that guy sucked. Pitt and Thorne bad. <laughs> Reed's down there somewhere. But, Yeet. <laughs> like Reed mossed a lot of people in college, but uh, and playing outside, and you can't do that in the NFL. He's too small to do that. But it, as a slot receiver, that's a nice skill to have. Like know how to use your body to you know barricade guys off and and use that to get extra separation in tight space. It's going to work out really well. Yeah. Well done. Does anybody like Bo Melton? I don't. I, no. Okay. Good. I don't know enough about him. Okay. I don't like the dude. I don't like his weird name. A lot of Packer Twitter to... likes him, and I have never liked him, and I hope he doesn't make the team, but I think he will. Or I, I... more like more like Bo Friesen, am I right? <laughs> uh-huh. I think more like Bo Melt him. Oh. I like, okay, so okay. <laughs> I think the, the thing is, is ever since Donald Driver, Packers fans have all like picked a random guy who was like a late round or a UDFA and been like, that's my guy because – when he's good, I get to take my Donald Driver victory lap. Or my Samori Tori victory lap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the fact that you called your shot pre-draft is very different <laughs> than, than people looking at the bottom of the depth chart and going, hmm, that guy. Like, <laughs> There's no other reason to pick Bo Melton as, as the one you stand. That's true. All right. There's um, a wide receiver named Jadakus on the roster. That's pretty cool. I've missed a lot now that I can't exclusively <laughs> follow the Packers. This is rough. No, it's because you're busy watching Anthony Richardson highlights. Oh yeah, Which is, and <laughs> and college softball. Just named the starter today. So, yeah, I can't wait. I retweeted the old video of our draft party where I freaked out that they picked him. You were very happy. <laughs> you were. It was well. The alternative was Will Levis. So I really Will, feel like didn't Will fall in the third? Second, second, okay. and um, I think is beat out by uh, by Malik, right? That's what I. Yeah. Willis, yeah, that's rough. Woof, <laughs> woof, indeed. Um, all right. Uh, any opinion on either of the tight ends? I, I think Musgrave just didn't have a good ball thrown his way, but played well. Yeah. He's so fast. He's very he was, fast. He, he, he He's open. so fast. I mean, yes, there, there was. I, I swear to God, it, was it a nine? Where he like took this like little stutter off the line and just like gave her and like left his defender. He ran at least one nine. I think that was it. So when you watch his like Oregon State film, you're like, yeah, that, that guy's pretty fast for his size. But I don't know what happens like post ACL tear. That dude's so fast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm assuming you've heard the Aaron Rodgers quote about ACL tears, right? I uh, probably no. but no. Rodgers I... tore his ACL in college, um, and constantly stands the cadaver surgery and he says to find a fast corpse because Rogers was a four, seven guy before he tore his ACL. <laughs> oh, the fast sure. corpse. All right. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed Tucker crafts blocking. Uh, he had a couple of, yeah, a couple of downfield blocks show up on tape where he got into guys and mauled them and knocked them over a couple. Yeah, he did. Uh, so I, I like to see that. I think he can be an effective weapon too. And I want to see him catch a few more passes with some space. 
What I love about Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, as someone that has been installing an offense all summer, the use of 12 personnel uh, and two tight ends it just can do so much for your run game, for your pass game. Uh, something I've still not been able to add yet because we lack significant tight end depth. But man, if we can get that, I cannot wait to implement some stuff that they probably are already getting excited about. Yep. Granted, it was with Rodgers last year, but uh, they were way better out of 12 last year than 11. But they played, just comparing to the 49ers, you know, their spiritual sisters, that they played 12, 10% less than the 49ers and were almost the same effectiveness. Uh, had they just changed the mix of their personnel, they would have probably improved their offense drastically. And hopefully that can just happen here with actual good tight ends. Um, so nice. Uh, we should probably talk briefly about Emmanuel Wilson because he was the hero <laughs> and uh, he, he had his moment in the sun. We should probably recognize it. So um, everybody knows, but uh, it was the 14th anniversary of his father's depth, he, death. He's like sixth on the depth chart. He gets in late and um, just it is busting off huge runs left and right. Um, it was uh, 111 yards on six carries, yes. I think. And including two, two, touchdowns. Two, touchdowns. Yeah. two touchdowns, two impressive touchdowns, like not just punching it in from the one. I mean, the 80 yard one, yes, but I think he had an 11 yard or two. Um, so that's, I mean, it's a great story. It's good to see. And uh, I, I wanted to just throw this out there too. Tyler Goodson got hurt, busted up his shoulder. Um, so Patrick Taylor probably secured the third spot, but um, we did we, we glossed over one play that I wanted to get to, which was a a miss that Jordan Love had to um, Luke Musgrave running a crosser in the middle of the field. Where oh, here we go? <laughs> where, yes, where uh, Matt pointed this out. I think first that I saw, but um, Love made a smart play which there was a linebacker. It was linebacker, right? Linebacker, yeah, safety, so whatever. So there's, you, there's two linebackers in the middle at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just describe it since you actually pointed it out? <laughs> so Okay. So um, it, there are two linebackers in the middle, and uh, A.J. Dillon looks like he's going to do like a delayed release up the middle, but ends up kind of getting caught in the wash because he looked like he was going after a blitzer that wasn't there. Um and at the time when what sorry i've got a screaming toddler in the background i don't know if you guys can hear him um so at the time when aj was supposed to look like he would be either uh cutting it back right to try and occupy one of the linebackers musgrave is cutting across probably i don't know 12 15 yards downfield um right at that moment musgrave is standing dead center between two linebackers and aj looks like he's supposed to be occupying one of them. Yep. So what Love does is he has his head, shoulders, and feet set to the right. Like he's going to throw to Musgrave between the two linebackers. And at the last second, he jumps and places his feet. So his top, his uh, front foot is facing to the left, but his head and shoulders do not move. He throws what essentially is a no-look pass to where Musgrave should be and you can see the linebackers reading his head and shoulders and they almost hit each other yep. like it is comical how much they dove in the middle um and yes but it happens so fast that if you aren't paying super close attention it just looks like he whiffed a really easy with bad mechanics and that's not yes. what happened it, what, what did happen is he made a very savvy read um and made a very advanced play to look people off of his target and then just couldn't complete it because of 
the way the and he didn't miss by much. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was. And I, actually, if if you watch the end zone angle, um, the ball travels in like the exact path of his feet. Yeah. So he really just like kind of did a Kentucky windage <laughs> on where to set his feet, and the ball <laughs> went in that in that direction. It was, I, I mean, it's. It's as impressive as a miss can be. Yes, I would. I'd urge anybody to go take a look at that play because it's it's cool to watch in real time, even though he didn't complete it, unfortunately. So, yeah. And also, it was uh, um, I believe it was Justice Mosqueda who first brought it to my attention, and then I deep dived into it because I wanted to argue with JT O'Sullivan on Twitter, because whomst among us has not yes. argued with QB class on the Twitter dot com. <laughs> Indeed. All right. I'm bad at line play. Anybody have any opinion on any line people? Zach Tom. (laughs) Zach Tom is king. Josh Myers is duty. Royce Newman should Royce Newman's bad. That's my cast into oblivion. I got that one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Sean Ryan bad. Sean Ryan is who we thought he was, and we let him off the hook. Yeah, real time. He didn't look so good either. It looked like old Sean Ryan, which is unfortunate but true. Um, I would die for Zach Tom. I, I, that was my draft. That was my draft take last draft. As we watched him, and I was like, "This guy is incredible. He plays center and left tackle, and he can do both." He's he looks fuller. Yeah, I think he said he added yeah. on weight. Is he that put correct? On some weight. Yeah. Well, because I think he said he lost weight last year during the off season program. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pulled the Darnell Wright, did he? <laughs> well, okay, so Darnell Wright wasn't it like like the strength and conditioning coaches gave him the wide receiver regimen that is correct <laughs> that is what happened and i kept getting like phrased as like an absolute win when you're like well functionally you didn't learn how to play ol or build his body for it so how is that lost, a win you lost 16 pounds in like five weeks yep and we're, it's not good we're making fun of darnell right for this but it is an accomplishment to do that at his weight i think he will be good it's laughing at he's the gonna be for so giving good him the wrong assignment yeah <laughs> Yeah, it sucks that they drafted him because that was someone Justice and I really wanted yeah, in he Green was, Bay. He was good. That guy's awesome. Yep. But also, and he's like, an you, asshole, what you need. But I was going to say, like, do you think he spent the whole time going, like, why am I doing so much ladder work? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possible. Like, wow, these guys really value footwork. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. So uh, let's move on to the defense and some negatives. Um, so um, uh, Anders, Anders Carlson sucks, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Next question. Was, I guess he was better this week in practice, if that matters. Uh, but he no, just, I hate not. I hate missed PATs in in games. Like uh, it it should be just free throws for you, and missing two is especially inexcusable. Like, come on, man. The uh, league average is is it ninety six? It's what, like ninety six. It's very high. It's it's not because it was it's not it what was it was ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, it was ninety nine and change back then. Now yeah, it's ninety six. It's like ninety six or something like that. But. Aside from that, I hate everything about that draft pick. Uh, he wasn't that good in college. His brother was. Uh, it sure looks like they picked him because of his brother. Um, but he was just across the board worse than his brother. And he has not been good in camp. Has not been good in practice. Has not been good in his game action so far. Like, what are we doing here? Bring in some competition. Like, if Mason was doing this, he would have competition. Go get some other people. Like, this is ridiculous. Well... Fun fact, I'd never when I covered the Colts early on in writing, uh, as Vinatieri is near the tail end, the camp lake was Brandon McManus, yeah, who ended up being a pretty no, good thinker. He's good, yeah, bring in camp lakes, they works. might be good. Yeah. You don't need to be, come from a, a like a big school or anything to be a good no. kicker, you just have to be able to I mean, kick I the still, ball far. 
I still think McManus leg was partially because he was in Denver. It but. was, but he went. He, he he actually was he in Detroit after that, so he had the dome then too. Yeah, um, he said he's had advantageous kicking situations. So whatever. Don't get me Kudos wrong. to him. Yeah, like he's an accomplished kicker, but he, like he he was considered this huge leg when he was in Denver. But like, who isn't? Yep. Can I can I go on a quick mini Twitter rant? Yeah, sure. I'm so sick of Instagram. Sorry, kicker rant because I'm so sick of Instagram kickers acting like, why am I not in the NFL? I can kick this for seventy. <laughs> You're not going against the line or a rush, and you don't have to kick with any kind of urgency, and it drives me insane. Every time I see one of those guys, I want to scream at them. Well, that's why all you got to do is stop watch their time to kick. So yeah. Okay, I'm okay. This, I guess it's gonna be the the book that I never stop talking about. Oh no! Uh, a few seconds of panic. Yep. Stefan Fatsis yeah. specifically talks about time to kick as a big issue. Yeah. In the like, when you see the snap versus when the kick happens, it's got to be less than I believe it's like one point two seconds. Yep. You got to go fast. You and these to... dudes have time to kicks over two seconds. Mm-hmm. Like that's what what the hell was the the Detroit guy kickalicious? I do not Detroit, know what that is. Because Detroit gave a camp invite to one of those like Instagram. Oh, pickers. okay, gotcha. And I believe it was Kickalicious. I think that was his good name moniker. Um, and his time to kick was like one seven or one eight or something like that, and he got stuff knocked down regularly. Yes, yes, you have to be quick. Yeah. Yep. You have and to be moving before the snaps, even like in the quarterback stands. You just or the snapper holder. Wow. Yes. Um, just, you don't you don't wait for him to grab it and spin it laces yeah. out and then you're like okay I'm gonna start my kick now like yeah yeah yep. you can also practice rant over it. thank you yep. no that's thank fine. you for giving me space <laughs> uh, height on kick also important but yes all right so over to the defense um, first of all not enough good things to say about Carrington Valentine uh, who appears to be not just good but maybe great <laughs> like, anyone with two last names is going to be a menace. It's it it is it goes by the the name theory of reporting as eligible that that guy should be awesome like that's <laughs> that's a great name he could probably play quarterback too but uh, uh hey, you I, know it's not an awesome name Bo Melton it is <laughs> not it's a bad name it's a bad name uh, but Carrington Valentine like a lot of a lot of Sam Shields comps dropped on him probably warranted honestly um a little bigger but other than that like uh, why wasn't he drafted Tyler do you know why he wasn't drafted higher honestly like so- I don't get it. We, I went again. I'm gonna do the YouTube thing, but like I hadn't watched him when they drafted him. I was like, I have no idea who this guy is, and I went and watched the tape. And like, not the most physical, but he's like a little smaller, but he moved phenomenally well. And then you go to the Tennessee tape, and you're like, well, why are all these busted coverages? And it's because they ran pattern match. And I was like, well, that's usually a miscommunication issue on pattern match defenses. But he's over communicating the shit out of everything. You're watching, and he's pointing and he's screaming at everything. Um, I just think that maybe they because pattern match isn't as popular in the NFL because of hashes and all that. Um, I just think that they thought uh, miscommunication errors, things like that. Or in reality, I think he's a pretty instinctive and, you know, very fast moving corner. Yeah. But he is also a small with yeah. a mid shuttle. Okay. True. So but he's, he's under six foot small corner. He's... Who cares? Like that. <laughs> I feel like that's better. Not worse. But he's so he's a small I hate corner, tall corners. Tall corners blow. Tall corners do blow. Um, they always he, blow. So he's a but he's a um, like was he five eleven, um, with a, a nine bench. He only had nine reps on bench. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's slim. I know, but like 
I'm just saying, like at at five nine one ninety five, at eleven. So come at me, Carrington Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him, uh, and then a, a mid shuttle. But yeah, like he's he's very sticky. Um, also, I don't know. Like, was Kentucky bad? Like, does does uh, they're yeah, they, were dis- they were a huge disappointment because they had Will Levis. Oh and they yeah, just very good. All right. Yeah. So I wonder if like program prestige comes into play there. Like, that like could oh, be. he was he was mid on a bad team. His top brass cop is Marshawn Lattimore, so <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> didn't Marshawn wow. Lattimore didn't he go late? No, he was a top pick. Yeah, he was Ohio a first State. round pick. I want to say he was top five. Didn't, didn't they pick him with a pick we gave them? Didn't eleventh? No, I thought that was Davin. You're you're thinking Marcus Davenport. I am thinking right? Marcus Davenport. You are correct. Wrong no, he guy. was thinking eleventh. So eleventh overall. That was way right. off. All right. So we're, what we're saying is Carrington Valentine is the next Marshawn Ladmore. That's correct. Four-time yes. Pro Bowler. Four-time Perfect. Pro Bowler, yeah. Sure. It's destiny at this point. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, How about Terdaryl James Slayton Jr.? Or what, what's his first? Okay, his middle name is James, but his, so he is a junior. <laughs> my big question is, could we have avoid, avoided poor line play for the last at least year or two by just having TJ Slayton or somebody like him at nose tackle and putting Kenny Clark somewhere else. You mean put a a, a legitimate Dom Capers style zero tech in at zero? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, look, look, we're we're not gonna ever bring back the thousand pounds of beef three man front, but you still need uh oh god, the guy oh, I'm so blanking on this and I'm gonna kill myself. Um the uh Vikings Zero Tech, who's was so good for so long. I don't um, pay attention to Vikings Zero Tech. He, I, I he, just was, have, he was huge, and he like I have Grady Jackson in my head. I got Gilbert he, in my head. He again. ran over a cameraman. Oh, this is killing. <laughs> uh. This is Rache Caldwell all over again. It is. Or Roma should do. And... We're all gonna Google Viking nose tackles now. So uh, this is the googling Viking nose tackles portion of the thing. But Tyler, is it that simple? Is, is or is this just TJ uh, Slade? Linval Joseph. Yeah, good name. He was good. He was, My, uh, you need a ball, Joseph. There I'm assuming that Slayton just didn't play a lot because of stamina issues. Yeah, because uh, I that was one thing I would watch on film. Like he really did flash, and like everyone's like, why doesn't TJ Slayton play more? And it's like, well, when you keep watching the tape after he flashes, he does nothing for a while. But he's just many, like, all right, I'm done now. But I think that's the problem with your Fair. with your third of a thousand pound people. Yeah, they just can't. Yes. Like it, it is very hard to exist at three hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, and he did. And that's play, why it's a. He only played eight snaps, but I figured part of that was just starter snaps more than anything. But fair point. He's also maybe not in the best shape. <laughs> yeah, you got to think about it too. Like, if you got to pick your poison, would you rather have Kenny Clark at zero, where you know he can at least hold his own and play a whole game, basically, uh, and then occasionally kick him out, or do you want to try and test it with the three hundred and thirty pounder for a whole game? Um, but the good news is they also have Wyatt now, um, who looks like he's kind of flashing at times. Yep. And I'm very, I'm very, very excited about what he could bring. Uh, me too. Although he was their lowest graded defender in this game, and he earned that grade. He sucked. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he was real bad. He got blown <laughs> off the line a whole bunch of times. I just that's the thing. I wonder if when, when you talk about guys who are dinged in the draft for effort 
and character concerns and etc even though his character concern is legitimate um do they try in preseason games like he knows he's the starter is he really going to give a damn i i i think it's possible that this was just practice i, I think that's a reasonable conclusion to come to <laughs> so po- possibly yes um uh, but worth monitoring like if he sucks for yeah. three straight games that's not good and will cost him time so. So, all right so but yeah we have we have one game now and so i'm going to choose blind optimism yep. as, as my path forever yes that's a good i mean we, we should all be that way um who do you guys think is going to start opposite savage at safety i like th- week one it's going to be jonathan owens you think so he was rough in this game. He did not have a good yeah. game. Uh, so, he looked bad, and he was their third lowest graded defensive player. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Savage and Owens, or Savage and Ford. I guess. I think Ford might get cut. Really? Yeah, he's having he's his reps have been slowly decreasing over camp, and he did not start. They didn't play that much in this game. He didn't start this game, um, and. Uh, they seem to be de-emphasizing him quite a bit uh, since family night. Uh, yeah, but he's a he's a special teamer. He's a Basaccia guy. Yeah, but there's lots of those guys. That's the thing. Right. Um, but you need 11 of them. You know what's fun about the Basaccia safeties? Uh, so they vary widely in their, their PFF grades from this game. But to a T, they're all 80 tackle grades. Like every <laughs> single one. Tavarius, Tavarius Moore, 84.3 tackle grade. Anthony Johnson... <laughs> 80.4 tackle grade. Uh, even Keyshawn's way up there in tackle grade, uh, playing at slot corner. I feel like he's an honorary member of the Bisaccia, uh safety class. So, uh, Dolan Levitt sucked, but we all knew that already. So that's that's just how that goes. Okay, I've been calling him Levitt for the last. You might be right. I have no idea how to pronounce any name. So, I'm going to go with the take that it is going to be the brand new Joe Barry special safety by committee, and we're just going <laughs> to rotate him in there. We're going to see what happens. I so think it'll my, be Anthony Johnson. Is, That's my yeah. my guess is it's Anthony Johnson when it's all said and done. My oh, take is okay. it's, it's AJJ. <laughs> Tyler <week> disagrees. <laughs> so I'm thinking week one, you're going to look at Owens and Savage. By week six, it's going to be AJJ and not Savage. AJJ and, and Keyshawn. <laughs> Razul, I think. Maybe more. Yeah, yeah, Razul would make a good safety. Some so. somebody wrote the eighty millionth should Razul move to safety column today. So it's uh, it, it's destiny. It's going to happen at some point. Did you see yeah, Carl so, Tyler? Did you see Carl Brooks play in this game? Seen some Colby Wooden reps that looked okay. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's just because he's wearing a number in the nineties and not twenty five. Ninety six is that? Uh, he looks kind of like a legit player. Uh, I've not seen Brooks. Okay. Brooks was the most fascinating evaluation because he was just a beefy edge rusher that had some moves <laughs> and did awesome against Mac tackles. The Mac always makes things hard. Uh, I thought he played really well in this game. and I Okay, good. I expected him to be brutally terrible, and he was absolutely not brutally terrible. He was getting after it. So uh, I was I was curious there. He looked like an actual real NFL player to me. So. This Van Ness, Wooden, Brooks... All, drafting all of these like hybrid edges fascinates me because I feel like it signals a shift in what they're trying to do philosophically up front. And I'll, I'll be honest, it's probably better than the alternative of staying with what they were doing. Absolutely. So I like the beef. I actually think they will probably get better uh, on run defense just 
because of size, if nothing else, this year. Yeah. And uh, that really fixes one of their major problems last year, which was on second down, they got run off the field. They they gave up six yards of carry. Uh, they gave up the most first downs on second down uh, by other teams running the ball last year. And uh, they faced the fewest third downs in the league for that reason. So, um, and then that, didn't they also like lead the league in in third down yardage? Like they were awesome on third downs. No, I'm saying in terms of like a, a third down appearance. I believe that they're like in terms of uh, yards to go on third down. I think that they were some of the worst in the league. Uh, I believe that's correct, but I don't have like, it off the top of my head. Like third and three or something like that was the average yeah. for them. All right, let's get to questions because Tyler's falling asleep because we're all in different time zones and he's in the late one. <laughs> Mountain time, best time, baby. You are not wrong. All right, JR's not here, so I will read questions. <laughs> uh, well, I always read questions when JR's not okay, here. Okay, you read questions. Okay, Patreon questions. As always, please join the Milwaukee's Tailgate Patreon if you would like question priority. And you get question priority with a $2 pledge per month on the Patreon Five bucks gets you my mini pod, and it gets you minor league baseball stuff if you like that. So uh, that's at patreon.com slash tailgate. Okay, Matt, go ahead. Read questions. There's also some pretty interesting stuff going on with the Timber Rattlers right now, so I would be interested in hearing about the minor league. <laughs> what? Don't laugh. I'm being serious. There are. You, you're, you, you crack, you crack me up when you talk about baseball, <laughs> and you are right that the, that the Timber Rattlers just did get a whole bunch of talent in that like. Matt, Matt's correct. It, it, it always sounds like you're being funny. Like that that's why it always cracks me up. It sounds like you're making it up like you know about baseball, but you're always actually saying something true. I know. Now that I'm finally on the pod, I just want to talk about this because I'm not the most active in our Twitter group chat of RAE. And one day I just walked into it and all it's been since is just baseball. And I'm just like, what? I like to go to Cubs games and have a couple beers, but other than that, I can't really help. No. Yeah, it's it's. I don't dislike baseball anymore. Yeah. Too long did not read. I'm happy period. about it. It's just been an odd transition. <laughs> it takes some getting used to. That's uh, the thing. Is like, look, man, I, I'm going to keep making this reference. I want to be the Les Dawson of sports content creation. You know who Les Dawson was? Nope. He was a comedian who played the piano, and his whole thing was like he played the piano badly, but he was a master piano player in order to attractively play the piano badly. Okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. So yes, like like I, I want to be. You have to the, understand something at a deep level to actually make to make fun of it. Well, it, yeah. it, yeah, the Beavis and Butthead principle. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that's that's what I I'm shooting for. So okay. anyway, Patrick Detmer, always either first or close to it. Um, Royce Newman was playing well in the fourth quarter last Friday and didn't look at all that spectacular. Is it fair to so, assume he'll be? Co- Wait, he, he, he was, was playing. Oh, was playing well, well into, into the fourth the quarter. Fourth okay. quarter. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was like, yeah, so Newman played into the fourth quarter last Friday and didn't look all that spectacular. Is it fair to assume he'll be cut, or will we be get the pre twenty eighteen Kyler Fackrell preferential treatment? Ah, <sighs> I mean Newman at this point is considered the backup right guard. Yeah. I believe. So one of the problems the package do have is while they're really deep at tackle. And while they have a couple of guys who can slide in at center, they're not that deep a guard. They they lack beef there. And I'm not predicting Royce to get cut ever because I think they'll keep him around um, for that very reason. So, yeah, I think you get some some factual preferential treatment, but also just you need some bodies to play guard if guards go down. 
And guards do go down because sometimes you end up with Latroy Guyon playing guard in the yes. NFC Championship game. But, but Patrick, you are correct. He does suck quite awful. And they should yeah. be scouring the waiver wire and cuts for other guards of any kind. <laughs> you would think a guy entering his third NFL year would just like not have as many missed assignments yeah. as he has. And like, that's just unacceptable it's, at he, this uh, level. He still can't handle a stunt to save his life. He's so <laughs> dumb. It's weird to be dumb. Like <laughs> Experience is supposed to fix dumb. He's got that. Um, um, oh God, who is it? the second round tackle? The, the Packers Spriggs. Yeah, he's my old guy. Spriggs. I use I use finest. He's got uh, Jason Spriggs brain. Uh, he's got a five hundred ping between his hands and his head. Uh, <laughs> All right. PJ Wessels. Recent jersey reveals and changes have been mixed at best. Have you liked any of the ones announced for the season? If the Packers were to explore a big change like Arizona did. Does it go to the shareholders or just the elected leadership? I'm not sure. I want a a 65% alternate jersey. (laughs) (laughs) That was going around today. Um, Okay, well, first of all, the Eagles getting Kelly Green back is awesome. Yeah, it is. Kelly Kelly Green is top three all-time. Seahawks were just unbelievable. They were perfect. Also perfect. Seahawks are good. Um, The Colts. Uh, Bad. Just trying to be Duke, I guess. Um, not, yeah, Colt's not good. Yeah, Black so, and blue just isn't a good com- color combination for. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, but if the Packers were to explore a big change, um, probably just elected leadership, right? I don't think they would put it up to a shareholder vote. It would not be a shareholder vote, just because then it's then it's public knowledge, and they would probably want to keep it under wraps until the season. I mean, nothing. Yeah. That's not how. That's not how this works. You know, <laughs> uh, shareholders. I like the. Green alternates, for the record, I think those are cool. Good. I like. Yeah. I really like their throwbacks. They can't use anymore with the wooden helmets, uh, mm-hmm. intended mm-hmm. to look like leather helmets, but they look wooden. Those are good. Yeah. yeah. And also, I'm going to mention it every time. The players loved them. Yep, they did because apparently they were the most comfortable pants to ever exist. <laughs> I believe it. Those brown pants look super comfortable. I'm. Yeah. Uh, and you could poop yourself, and no one would, no know. One would notice. Important for linemen. Yes. Bring me yes. my red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> You know that joke? My my that reference. Yes, it's a right Star Trek reference. Yeah. Ah, uh, no. Red shirt. There's is an old, Star old Trek. joke about a pirate captain. He sees oh, really? a, a ship coming and he says to his first mate, "Bring me my red shirt." Brings his red shirt. They fight the ship off, and the first mate's like, "What's with the shirt?" And he goes, "Well, that way, if I cut and bleed, you don't see it, and no one panics." Oh. And just then, they see an entire Spanish armada coming towards them. Ten ships, and he says to his first mate, "Bring me my red shirt and my brown pants." <laughs> uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, to, so to answer, anyway, to Tam- answer Tampa the, Bay. <laughs> I, I, I got to answer the shareholder question before we get to the next question, which is that's not how this works. Shareholders elect boards of directors, and they make decisions about executives, and executives make decisions about jersey choices. So yeah, that's how that goes. Mark Podscarby. Right. I know the most analytical minds say that teams should throw considerably more than they run the ball. So why does it seem that most of the new age offenses? minds seem to differ from that philosophy shanahan mouth sirianni etc Ooh, i like this one tyler go ahead can take tyler's literally if, holding one finger up like <laughs> if you don't run the football the offensive line will get bored and no longer be as aggressive and <laughs> there is something to that i know you can't like analytically quantify that but like offensive linemen love to beat the shit out of people in the trenches and when you run the football it gives them that juice i hope that makes sense that makes sense 
there's another one too. Um, so nerds used to yell that like you didn't have to run to do play action and you didn't have to run to set up the pass and stuff like that. And all that is technically true, but the the running that happens in the modern NFL, especially with the guys you mentioned, like like Kyle Shanahan and Nick Sirianni, um, and hopefully Matt, um, isn't based on deception through like running and running and running and having the defense get used to running. It's based on having heavy personnel out there and forcing the defense to either bring on its own heavy personnel to contend with your power running um, or stay light and just get gouged to death. And, you know, deception to set up play action is very different than, than deception to set up passing with your heavies effectively. And especially in the Shani offense and the Sirianni offense, um, if you can effectively pass with bigger personnel against heavy defenses, you generate more big plays. Um, the 49ers still don't generate a ton of like EPA through their running. They, they, they're good at it, uh, but it, it's not there. But it helps to set up huge plays in their passing game because you usually have a bunch of slow guys trying to, ta- t- trying to chase down Debo, or you've got some light guy getting plowed over by Debo. Um, and yep. that's an entirely different strategic way of thinking about running than we used to have. So like, that's or why putting, this is caught putting use check on a, on a corner. Yeah. Like yeah. Kyle like, use check like a... is a, is a nightmare. He's <laughs> extremely good at catching passes. He will lay you on your ass and, um, there's no good personnel to defend him with. So that's why the run has come back and, you know, they will absolutely power run you to death if you stay light against them and do so very effectively. Really brief side note, but I think one of the things lost about last year's Packers team was they probably had the most fun run game and concepts I think I've seen in recent years. Uh, and it just the team wasn't good enough to really do anything with that. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the team. I just think that they need two good running backs to run those concepts. Don't you? Don't they you? Don't, they've only no. got one. Also, Ooh. Aaron Aaron's a great running back. One of the best they've ever had, but he is overrated as a receiver. He is okay, but he's not great. So. Yep. That also does not help them. Yeah, it it does play into it. Dr. Hillbilly, what's the Mendoza line for Anders Carlson or any kicker when it comes to extra points? Um, I believe that's the how I, how I Met Your Mother reference, hot, crazy scale. The, Lisa the Mendoza, Mendoza line is a reference to a specific Major League Baseball player whose first name escapes me, and it's two, hitting 200 with your batting average. That's what oh, the Mendoza okay. line is. Hold on. You didn't know a baseball thing, Matt? Come on, man. You got to really step <laughs> because, your game up now. Because I know pop culture first, and then baseball comes second. But okay. the, Mendo- the Mendoza diagonal is a thing from How I Met Your Mother. I know. What, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. On, yeah, yeah. It's probably based on the baseball thing. Okay. How hard would it be to find a replacement level kicker? Can we get one for less than one point three five million? The Crosby family got when they sold their house. <laughs> wow. Where would the where would the Packers stealth tank by keeping Anders despite his obvious struggles? They love their draft picks, player development, etc. Um, I mean, Anders is bulletproof this year because it really seems like it's a development year for everybody. Yep. Right. I think that's yep. that's true. Um, if the. But, they, they clearly want to just work on this. So, yeah, the, I would say the PAT Mendoza line. Uh, it's hitting Pat, two, the Pat Mendoza line. The Pat I like Me- it. 99% honestly. It just You should miss them. It's ridiculous that you miss them. It is ridiculous you miss them. I, I'd say it's probably 90%. I think if you're under – that's bad. But keep in mind, hitting 200 is bad. If you're sub-Mendoza, if you're in the 80s on PATs, like that's not acceptable. Not that 90% is acceptable, but – 80 something percent is like 
any college kicker is going to do better than that guy. So like I'm, I'm pretty sure one-legged Crosby was money inside of 30 last year. Yeah. Inside of the 30-yard line, I should say. So like under 45 yards. And it's not that hard to find a replacement-level kicker. It's actually fairly easy, just based on the definition of what that is. Um, some There will be a couple quality kickers out there by the ends of camp, and they should go and get some, but they probably won't because I think they're invested in this. Draft picks are sacred here. Well, yeah. One of my 14-year-old wide receivers is also our kicker, and he probably yeah, makes yeah. 90% of his extra points. Yes! Right, but are those those two-yard line extra points, or are they... Oh, that's true. It's a good point. I forgot they... Yep, it's a good point. For an NFL kicker, it's just not far. It's. I'm it's... just saying, 96% is the league average. You better be sniffing 96%. Yes. Correct. <laughs> okay. Oh, here we go. Old man on a bike in Sherlington. Woo! I'm an old man on a bike, which means everyone except my wife is interested in my opinion, whether it's the proper use of a pedestrian trail, the vileness of e-bikes, or the proper name of SBH. In this respect, it's clear to me Packers Media paid attention to RE last week given the amount of attention paid to Simone Biles and her relation to SBH during the pregame broadcast, social media, and even on August 11th USA Today headline, quote, Simone Biles rocks husband's Jonathan Owens jersey at Green Bay Packers preseason NFL game dated August 11, unquote. My question is what was your play of the game? Mine was Jaden Reed's <laughs> pass interference dance at the start of the second quarter, which appeared to be some version of an Irish river dance. That, that was good. Um, I will yeah, super good. Yeah, I will be cliche and take the 80-yard run, which was a thing of beauty, and also was sprung by Austin Allen, who's one of my Nebraska guys. So um, I'll, I'll go with that. But the river dance was quite fun. I enjoyed Jaden Reed's really dancing. Um, I like any kind of... Uh, dancing that you don't expect on a football field is my jam. So, yes, that was good. Um, mine is uh, the Packers blowing up Simone Biles at the game wearing the worst bootleg jersey <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire it life. Was, it was not a good jersey. and you it, know, looks, it looks like someone bootlegged an Edgar Bennett jersey and then <laughs> scraped the back off and put open. So you, you used to get those jerseys at Shopco before the game. But that Shopco has been out of business for at least a couple of years, so I do wonder where they managed to pick also, it up. Also, by the way, I went to that Shopco. Everybody's been real, to that I shop. got a real Cobb jersey, okay? <laughs> I got the worst Farb jersey ever at that Shopco. I wish I still had it, but I don't. I got a I got a lacy jersey at the uh, at the Shopco. Jersey, and, and it's the, but it's a loose fitting like Under Armour like dry whatever dry fit is that what it's called yeah yep i love that shirt i wear it all the time shout out to eddie lacy <laughs> my out. favorite play was learning that a guy named jadicus is on the roster oh, yeah. an hour ago so <laughs> jadicus bond yes it's a cool name oh, man we had a whole day in the slack chat you missed it <laughs> dude i can't keep up with the slacks anymore now that i'm in a different slack it makes me sad uh, alas <laughs> you gotta have tabs open you got your work slack and your play slack nah it's huddle and work <laughs> All right, Price Trozen. If Jordan Love is exactly average, 15th overall, it would actually be 16th price. There's 32 <laughs> starting quarterbacks. That's a baseball mistake. <laughs> uh, if he's exactly average for NFL QBs this season and your preferred stat metric, QBR, QBOPs, whatever, <laughs> uh, would you consider that a successful first season? I would. Yeah, I would. I, I, Didn't we, we? I feel like we had this question last week. Something close to it. We'll probably get asked it every single game of the season, so... Uh, that um, I, that's it, that's good. And for me, it's NEA, adjusted uh, net yards 
over average. Yes, and yeah. Or over attempt, whatever. NEA. For me, it's NEA. probably Dakota, but whatever. Um, yeah, that's good enough. Um, it, 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 there are caveats. There's a way to be 15th overall where you're kind of bad, and there's a way to be 15th overall that shows more promise. But yeah, generally speaking, in the context of the question, that's totally fine. So what you're telling me is Aaron Rodgers needs to throw more interceptions. <laughs> oh, Ben Morrison, still coming up. So I love that column. I had a good, I, I had a good-natured discussion with Ben Morrison about that column. I came to respect him a lot more, etc. So, like, okay, he wasn't wrong in his conclusion, but it was a very clickbaity <laughs> title. Uh, it was not. We should go to the next question because Tyler's okay. about to pass out. Is that is? Is one big game from Wilson really enough to win him the RB3 job? Nah. Or do you think Taylor or Goodson still in the driver's seat? Sub-question, all caps, over under 26 touchdown passes from Love. By the way, JD confirmed to me on Twitter that he was trying to do yep. the Jack Black. I saw. And it's <laughs> Kudos for that. Well done. Uh, Patrick um, Taylor is in the driver's seat. And yeah. it, one game does not a running back three mate make it makes you interesting it get, puts you in a good position if people get hurt which running backs do all the time but uh goodson's injury just makes patrick taylor like a lock as long as he stays healthy yep. and i think wilson just secured his like number one uh practice squad running back yeah position. yeah he did so there's that under tw- under 26 yeah, love touchdowns un- under 26, 26 is a lot 26 going- is a lot in 17 games though i'm gonna actually take the over on that i think he'll pull it off i'm gonna take yeah. under but i would say I would hard take the over on total touchdowns. There you go. Fair. All right. This question is for Tyler, so we need to get to it before he falls asleep. Oh, shit. Okay. PJ Vessels. Hi, Tyler. See? <laughs> Hello. Hope the, hope the new job is going well. Thank you. What position group should we watch slash focus on during the next two preseason games? Maybe someone other than QB because everyone and their uncle is watching that. Tight ends and wide receivers. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I mean, again, for me, I just now I've learned so much about receivers. I find it fascinating actually watching. I actually watch offense completely differently now, which is hurting my brain. Um, but I'm just fascinated about the personnel groups with the two rookie tight ends and then Austin Allen. Um, just and we have so many receivers to work with. Curious to see how they're grouping, where they're lining up, who's in the boundary, who's on the strong or the field side. Um, that's just what I'll be keeping an eye on. Unfortunately, like not all the pre or two of the three preseason games, uh, line up directly with games of my own, so I can't really watch them, which really stinks. Ah, all right, okay, there you go. <laughs> Good answer. Case of the Sunday Berries, newly minted Patreon supporter, hey, thanks to these welcome. plasma donations. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> donating your fluids. Case of the Sunday Berries. <laughs> How good was Rashawn Gary last year before he got injured? I don't have access to the various metric trackers, PFF, etc. And while he was on the upswing, it didn't seem like he was that unmanageable for opposing offenses. I remember Justice saying Gary has struggled with contain slash run defense. He has the physical tools. So is that a between the ears issue over aggression or something else? Can I take this one? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Rashawn Gary could not set an edge if his life depended on it. Correct. He is a designated pass rusher who plays three downs. Um, he's he's a, a menace in the passing game. When he's in a situation where he can pin his ears back, yes, he's absolutely a force to be reckoned with. But in a situation where if the Packers, let's say, don't have a push up the middle, 
where Kenny Clark is doing one of his like being injured for six game things. Um, <laughs> all the QB has to do is step up, and Gary just gets led twenty yards into the backfield. Yeah, that's correct. So Gary's excellent at what he does, and he is he has consistently been since since his like third year. Um, one of the top pass rushers in the league at generating pressure. Um, pressure is a like regression stat. Uh, pressure predicts future sacks better Drink. than sacks do, which is what that means when I say those words. And so he's basically a top five pass rusher. And sometimes he gets home and sometimes he doesn't, but he's always in the quarterback's face. But yeah, Justice and Matt are correct that he does, I think because of aggression, get upfield far too much. Uh, it, he occasionally, especially when he was younger, played uh, in the middle um, and as, was actually a pretty good run stopper doing that job. But outside, he just gets upfield too fast. He, that is undisciplined. Also, yeah. So. When, he, when he was at Michigan, he was a good, what, like 25 pounds heavier yeah, than he yeah. plays now? Yeah. <clears throat> I think the potential counter to this that you can fix is if you just as a defense account for his over aggressiveness, this is where you can have your inside linebacker scrape over to handle outside containment. And I think Quay Walker is actually someone that's really built to do that. I agree. Um, so I think if you can just play him like lesson, just like let Gary do what he does, because I, I do think he improved drastically from a technique standpoint as a pure pass rusher. Uh, and then if you can account for that over aggressiveness by scraping over your ilb, uh, it help it would help a lot. Yes. Gary has also he's developed a more uh, complete repertoire of moves. Exactly. Yeah, his his speed to power um, bull rushes have improved significantly. His rip through around the oh. e uh, edge too has just gotten kind <laughs> of nice. Yes. Yeah, he's he's it's it's real pretty to watch. Yeah. Okay, that's it for Patreon questions. Thank yep. you to all of our Patreons, patrons on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've had I've had. It. A couple, two, three. Had many bourbons, me. yes. <laughs> I didn't That's another to, drink. I didn't want to say the thing. <laughs> say the things. We're back. You got to say the things. Okay. All right. Light, uh, lightning on, on Twitter. Twitter real quick here. Jonathan Deal. Not to set high expectations, but could Lucas Van Ness win Defensive Rookie of the Year? Technically, no. he could. Technically, <laughs> I agree with Tyler. Probably not. But technically. He just won't generate enough actual sacks because they don't give a crap about pressure rate yep. like it's just scary getting sacks that's correct i agree with but that. i know but i mean he asked could he technically he could yeah theoretically, it, yes fine yes technically there are like a, a 150 guys that theoretically could win it yes that's right yeah give or take. all right moving all right. along <laughs> uh james i don't know why he's asking questions on hey james <laughs> did joe barry play press coverage because it's the preseason and it doesn't matter or has he actually learned something James, did you not see my Jair Alexander Ratatouille meme? He must not have. We'll send it um, to him. But basically, Joe Barry has openly admitted that he is allowing players to have a more um, active role in the defensive scheme. Yep. I think that's always a good idea as a coach to it let is. the good players be involved in the things that they need to do. Hey, man, you've got at least two man corners. Do you want to run man? Sure. <laughs> also, it's good to have a philosophy, but it's not good to have your philosophy just be the same regardless of what's going on with your personnel and whatnot. Like you should it's have while... of... yeah. Sorry, go ahead. That's okay. You should have end goals in mind, and you should figure out ways to get to those end goals using the per personnel that you have available to you, not running the same scheme over and over again. So that's what Joe Barry needs to do better and maybe is. It's while I'll always respect the Baltimore Ravens for how they handled Lamar Jackson. Now, granted, they never went back to their philosophy, and then it just kind of became a... <laughs> jumbled mess but i appreciated the innovation at the time yep 
Okay, uh, and finally, last but not least, Jack <laughs> McQuack. Uh, Matthew Keating is his. <laughs> I would please like some college film breakdown of Austin Allen's blocking. Thanks. No. <laughs> you know, I think my brother asked a question, but he didn't do it in the Patreon. So. Well, I, I know your brother asked a question of, um, is Tyler replacing me, and will we be at least 17% baseball? This oh, week? yeah. Okay, so we did answer that. So Ooh, yeah. Hold on. Let me get some baseball takes out. Uh, Cody Bellinger is doing good for the Cubs, I think. He is. That's, uh, that's correct, yes. And I really like Christopher Morell, even though he's not really that good. He's good. It's just something. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. He hits there. dingers. Uh, uh, James and Tyon, I saw play for the Indianapolis Indians, so it's weird that he's on the Cubs now. <laughs> um, uh, the White Sox, I think, are bad. They are bad. Yeah, that's correct. Um, Doing good so far. Lightning something round. about the Orioles announcer was a big deal the other day. I think that's all so, I got. I'm going to start plugs with that because we're at the end. So uh, I was driving the left. I was on the microbrew podcast with JR, which is the one he does for the Journal Sentinel. Um, fill it, filling in for people, and I got asked about the Orioles thing, which the the or the poor Orioles announcer got suspended for putting for discussing how the Orioles have historically done worse against the Rays, bad against the Rays, and there's a graphic and everything, and he got suspended just for general negative talk about the team. I got asked about that, so um, go listen to that, and also Ben Sheets is on that podcast, so go nice. listen to that because he's one of the best brewer pitchers of all time. And, I know who that is. Yeah, see, just, Tyler even knows who he is. That's how good Ben Sheets was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get out, Tyler, anything to plug? Um, I'm doing my first full mock draft in uh, oh, oh, years. Like, stop uh, it. Why? Just one okay. round. <laughs> okay, okay. It's, just okay. one round. It's August, uh, man. But I got excited that football's coming back, so yeah. I decided to do it. Uh, I'm at, like, I think I'm 16 picks in, and it's hard. It's really hard. It's like I was really happy it was Fourth of July, so I went next door and stole my neighbor's TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I bought Madden today, Matub, and hey, I saw actually I saw you pop up in my solos. So I was doing the mutt solos today, and then all of a sudden it was like your friend T Brook is playing. I was like, yes. <laughs> I I liked the franchise mode so far. It's kind of it's, it's kind of good. It's better, yeah. Um, so that was actually going to be my plug for the week. Okay, do it. Um. Um, I'm playing Madden. I played in the beta. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Um, I had some qualms with the beta, but like EA kept saying, oh, these are beta problems. These are beta problems. Most of them were fixed. Hey, Most. all right. Good. Most um, is good. The The big thing for me is everybody knows about the uh, lucky shenanigans meter that happens on all Madden. Yes. Somehow the CPU becomes insanely lucky on all Madden. That has turned down, and they're just the players just play better. That's good. Um, it's funny that Madden had Mario Kart rubber banding in it. That's ridiculous. Yes, it, it was crazy rubber banding. Um, so now they're like, um, but Mutt is still unfair. Um, I was hammering people who had the same overall teams as me, and then got my teeth kicked in by people who had bought teams. Um, so yeah, that sounds stupid. Yeah, stick to franchise regs. Oh, um, the Packers team isn't necessarily good in regs. But it's for the first time ever. It's not for speed. They've got fast wide receivers and yeah. fast DBs. They're just all head full of mashed potatoes. Right. I, uh, <laughs> I, my first franchise experiment is: what if the Colts traded Jonathan Taylor? And let me tell you, it's not going well. <laughs> I think they're two and five right now. So it's uh, been oh, a fun experiment, indeed. All right. Yay, Madden! I'm actually by Madden this year, so that's good to know. All right. Uh, well, I think that'll that'll do it for us. I. 
I, I will mention really quick. I already recorded the mini pod because I'm on vacation later this week. And so if things happen this week and I don't mention them, now you know why. Uh, but that, that'll come out on Friday, on Friday morning. So that'll be available to, to all you good patrons. Uh, but uh, that's it. Have some APC writing up this week, hopefully if I have time. But uh, it's preseason. We're all getting getting in gear. And we've got the Patriots in a night game. It'll be fun. Everybody have a party. And we'll talk to you again next week. Now that the case in place, we're the seed.